0: of this message can be summarized in two lines, uh, which is uh, challenges with the focus on Christ enable you to walk by faith and in freedom. I threw in that freedom so that since today's July 4th, (laughs) but it is right to the true freedom. Challenges, the second point is challenges with the fear of circumstances produces unbelief that paralyze us from moving forward. So challenges with the focus on Christ enable you to walk by faith and freedom. Challenges with fear of circumstances produces unbelief that paralyze you from moving forward. To walk by faith literally means believing in God's character and believing in his promises, trusting him for who he is, trusting him do what he says. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises even though we do not see it, we exercise faith. As we find in Hebrews 11.1, the two words that describe faith is confidence and assurance. Faith is measured by our actions, not by our words. Faith must be exercised for it to be real. So we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. There are risks in exercising the faith. Risk is taking a chance without knowing how things will work out. We all take risks in life. When we drive, we take a risk. Uh, trusting the vehicle's ability to take us from point A to point B. We also trust other vehicles and other drivers on the road, especially on a 4th of July weekend, that they are sober and are not distracted. When you fly, we take a risk. When you invest, we take a risk. But it is amazing that we who take too many risks in life would often stumble upon taking a risk of faith. Because faith is taking a risk when the world says otherwise. In other words, when you take a step of faith, we have no idea how things will wind up. Like Esther said, I am going before the king. If I perish, I perish. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel, standing before Nebuchadnezzar, staring at the fiery furnace, declaring our God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods, or worship that image of God that you have set up. The text for today is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, such great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. These verses are a continuation of chapter 11 that showcases men and women of faith who risked their lives in confidence and in assurance of the things that they, they, they were yet to see. Yet they took a step of faith with God to go to the unknowns, facing challenges and seeing him at work. Not every men and women of faith are listed by name in this chapter, as we find from verse 32 onwards, but their faith in action is the benchmark of chapter 12, such great cloud of witness, who experienced God's power and might through the unknowns as they exercised their faith, so that we too can throw off everything that hinders us from walking by faith, pluck out the shrubs and the weeds of the multitude of sins that entangles our spiritual growth and run this very challenging race with perseverance, knowing that we are not alone. Unlike the men and women in the hall of faith who never received what they were promised, the promised Savior, we have the privilege of knowing the Savior who lived, died, and rose again. And in him, we find the author and perfecter of our faith. In him is our hope and our salvation. In him and through him, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that indwells in us, who enables us to run into life's challenges with the confident expectation. Maybe maybe you are in the middle of a challenge. If you are seeking the Lord and walking according to his will, and are faced with a challenging situation, you are not in it by accident. He is allowing you to experience it, for you to see how the Lord looks like in a challenging situation. He allows you to go through the challenges so that you can experience him as you have never experienced him before. He wants to write your storylines to draw people toward him. Friends, it is not how much you know about him matters. It is about how much you have experienced him in your life that matters. For you and I to experience him in a personal way, we must exercise our faith. So my encouragement for you today is to step out by faith and experience the miraculous. Sue and I have a testimony to share that I hope would be an encouragement for you to step out by faith amid the challenges you are faced with today. It is surrounding my, you know, the recent challenges that we faced in India. The day I landed in New Delhi, India in mid April, the number of COVID cases and deaths were getting out of control. That, that uh, they declared a local lockdown. And I was stranded in a hotel for the next couple of days. Until able to find a flight out to the city where we serve. While in that city, all I could see was long lines of ambulances with the patients waiting for hours to be admitted in the hospital. And not far from there, I could see another long line of ambulances waiting at this uh, makeshift crematorium where mass funerals uh, uh, were taking place. And the pyres from that funeral place was burning nonstop. There was a stench in the air. And as I walked into some of the area hospitals, I could see people on the floor, literally on the floor, gasping for air. I could see desperation and fear, yet determination in the face of healthcare workers who knew they are helpless, but they are doing the best they can. So when I returned back, Sue and I prayed, asking God how we can come alongside these hurting brothers and sisters. Understanding the needs in India, we started to receive a lot of contributions uh, to support the relief efforts. But money could only go so far. Whenever I connect with our office, they, sh- they were sharing the urgency of getting oxygen supplies, as there were none and also about the scarcity of PPE kits for the frontline workers. One of the doctors I had on a Zoom call, he told me with tears how he treats COVID patients without having proper PPE kits. He would go with one kit, treating multiple patients through the day. And as as we prayed, the Lord impressed upon our hearts to purchase oxygen concentrators and PPE kits. Around that time, the black fungus uh, infection started to spread amid the COVID patients, and the medicine to treat it was unavailable anywhere in the region. So we prayed and started procuring the supplies. Within weeks, the Lord enabled us to collect all these relief supplies, to a point where our garage was full of it. But we did not have any prior experience in sending relief supplies to India. Uh, We have never done one like this in our 16 years of ministry. And as we prayed, the Lord brought Matthew 25 ministries, the local ministry, to help us palletize and ship all these supplies to India, and uh, they undertook all the expenses. Because of the limited international flights, uh, we knew that uh, these supplies would take time to reach India. And as we were seeking God's direction one evening, Sue had an idea of me traveling with the oxygen concentrators to India. Because of the travel ban existed, I reached out to the Indian Consulate General's office in New York and obtained the necessary permission. Then contacted the airline, and with their help, I planned my travel within days. And as I was preparing to travel, we were also able to obtain vials of medicine to treat black fungus. So in early June, I boarded a flight uh, to New Delhi. As I was on the flight, thanks to the Wi-Fi on board, I was just making sure whether all the relief supplies I had with me was okay to clear the customs upon arrival. And I was relieved to know that the oxygen supplies were duty-free, because of the overwhelming need for it. But to my shock, I read that if I were to bring any medical supplies such as the medicine to treat black fungus, there need to be a no objection certificate from the narcotics division of India prior to travel. And I became a bit worried. Fear started to creep in. I had never seen this piece of information before. But instead of uh, focusing on the fear, uh, I pulled out this iPad and started to recount the miraculous work of God, showing upon various various challenges that we were met with up until then. After all, there was no way we could get a hold of uh, this particular medicine. It was so short on supply, even in the US. We had lots of doctors and area hospitals trying to procure, but they were unable to do so. It was an absolute miracle how he allowed us to purchase these vials. If the Lord could do this much, clearing the medicine without the certificate for him is possible. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine. Peace filled my heart. I was ready to face whatever the challenges ahead of me. So upon our arrival, as I picked up the bags and I looked toward the exit, I saw a long line, uh, they had a scanners scanner set up, which is unusual in Delhi airport, as you exit. Even scanning the handbags, I knew that uh, these medicines would not clear if they find out. As I was uh, placing my oversized bags on a cart, a man came toward me, dressed in official airport uniform. He said to me, sir, there's a long line. You had a long journey. Allow me to help you. Get through this process quickly. Absolutely, I said. (laughs) Follow me, he said, and uh, took my cart, started walking briskly toward the exit, cutting through this long line. People are staring at me. At the baggage scanner, to the customs official, this man said, Sabji, sir, had a long flight. He is very tired. He has nothing to declare. The officer looked at me, then he looked at him, and uh, said, go ahead. And I was out of the airport in a couple of minutes. As I thanked him, the man smiled, said good night, and walked away quickly and disappeared somewhere in the crowd. And I was out on my way. I have heard uh, stories like this before. And I have experienced a few miracles myself in the past. But this particular instance was unique. Because I, I knew the man showing up was not purely an accidental occurrence. It was God's providence showing up in the challenge because all our actions up until then was out of faith and in his will. When challenges come, we have choices. Do nothing, hope someone else will do something, or do something. It requires faith to do something in the face of the unknowns. And when you and I respond to the challenges which seem overwhelming, by faith, we get to see how our Lord operates amid challenges in real time. But the experience can be only yours if, like Peter, you step out of the boat into the violent and stormy seas. A good depiction of our world today, looking at Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. What is it that is limiting us from exercising the faith during challenging times? Without a doubt, it is fear. It's a fear factor. Fear paralyzes us from focusing on our Savior. Being fearful halts us from exercising our faith. Unbelief sets in when we focus on the circumstances. I'm always fascinated by the events surrounding the disciples caught up in this violent storm on the Sea of Galilee. They were on the boat, perhaps with that excess food, baskets, that they had collected from the miraculous act of Jesus, multiplying food to feed thousands. Yet, as they saw Jesus walking on the water toward them, they were afraid. What does Jesus say? Fear not, it is, it is I. Circumstances did not change. The sea was still raging, but the presence of Jesus helped them calm their minds. While the disciples were comfortable by the presence of Jesus in the midst of the storm, Peter wanted to experience more of Jesus. And the story is very familiar to all of us. But what excites me is that Peter wanted to feel what it is to walk on the challenge. Jesus didn't say when he heard the request, You sit there, I will walk toward you, help you step out of the boat so that you can walk on the water with me. No, he says, Come. Friends, he bids you to come today. He asks you to step out of the boat into the violent seas into the challenges that you are faced with, so that you can experience how the Lord looks like in the midst of the storm. The rest of the disciples had the opportunity to step out of the boat as well. But they didn't. Peter stepped out of the boat. As long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking on the storm. He was walking on his problem. He was walking on what posed a challenge just a few moments ago. He got to experience the miraculous for which he could forever testify the day I walked on water. But for the rest of the disciples, the testimony for, forever will be the day we saw our brother walking on the water. Peter took the risk of faith to experience the miraculous. In order to get over the fear and walk by faith, we must develop intimacy with Christ. Paul, while encouraging the believers in the letter of Philippians chapter 3, he pens this powerful prayer of encouragement. Let me read from verse 14 through 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father from from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. to the measure of all fullness of God. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The overarching theme of this prayer invites those believers then, and to us now, to grow in intimacy with Christ. Or in other words, fixing our eyes on Jesus so that we can exercise the faith. As he alone is the author and the perfecter of our faith, which enhances our spiritual capacity to face everyday challenges because of the authority, the mandate that he has given us. In simple terms, as you grow in intimacy with Christ, it expands your spiritual capacity which helps you understand the authority you have. If you feel discouraged today or have the sense of running low on your spiritual capacity or if you are not sure of your mandate and the challenges that you are faced with, I urge you to reflect on your intimacy with Christ. As you grow in intimacy with him, although our circumstances may not change, you will find confidence to face the challenges head on because of his presence. You know, I'm always fascinated by this instance uh, found in 2 Kings chapter 6. When the Aramean troops descended upon the city of Dothan, the servant of the man of Gad, Elisha, cried out, Oh no, Lord, what shall we do? Verse 15. What the servant saw was a, was a challenge unsurmountable. He saw the prophet's life in jeopardy, along with his and others with them. While the servant could only see the inevitable attack on their lives, Elisha could see beyond what the human eye could see. So he prays for his servant's eyes to be opened to see the hill full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The circumstances did not change. An army still raged against them. They were coming to take their lives. But Elisha remains confident because of his intimacy with, with the Lord, which expanded his spiritual capacity that gave him the mandate to, or the authority to ask the Lord, as you see in verse 18, strike down this army with blindness. When the pandemic hit, India in early 2020, which forced our country into a lockdown, we were asked to send all our out-of-state students and staff back to their homes. One of our students, Vivek, he went back to home, and he decided to use his time catching up with his friends. Now, Vivek has an amazing story of transformation, including deliverance from uh, a life of drugs and alcohol, During the lockdown and the subsequent days, Vivek significantly burdened by his friend, Rahul. Now, Rahul was uh, living a wayward life, involved in a gang, got arrested a few times, caught in a theft attempt, among many other atrocities. Vivek tried to reach out to Rahul a couple of times, and uh, he was brushed off, saying, you have no business interfering in my life, and if you dare, I'll make you pay for it." And Vivek knew Rahul is capable of harming his life. But he continued to pray and pursue his dear friend in faith. As the lockdown was ending, and as Vivek was getting ready to return to the Leadership Institute, he got a frantic call from Rahul. I am dying. Save me now. So Vivek ran to our local a church planter Raj, uh, whom we helped to purchase a motorcycle a few days before this incident. Together they rushed to Rahul's home, found him on the floor unconscious and bleeding. Sandwiched between Raj and Vivek, uh, they took Rahul uh, to the nearby hospital. Within a few minutes the doctor told Ra- Raj and Vivek that there is no hope for survival for Rahul as he has attempted to take his own life, consuming poison and uh, cut off some of his wings. Vivek fell to his knees and asked God in faith for deliverance so that Rahul can be a testimony of God's grace and power. Within hours, the doctors came out and then I took this belief and informed them that Rahul now had started to respond to the treatment. Within days, Rahul was healed completely. And more importantly, his life was transformed by the gospel. Rahul, right now, is at our Leadership Institute, sharing his story of transformation with his peers online during this recent lockdown. When I I met with him in mid-April, he said, I think it was on a Zoom call. Anyway, he said, I was determined to die when I cut off my vein and consumed poison. I had lost all my hope, and everyone hated me. I thought my life is beyond any redemption. As I was losing consciousness, a voice of Vivek started ringing in my ears. Don't, brother. You are valued. You are loved by God. Don't do this. And I could only remember was calling Vivek, asking for help. Through this amazing experience, I knew, this is uh, Rahul's word, I knew the God who rescued Vivek could rescue me. Not only that, he rescued me, He also transformed my heart. Not only that he transformed my heart, but he also instilled in me a passion for reaching my peers who lead duplicitous life, like I I did. I'm going to make my life count for Christ. I had the wonderful privilege of baptizing Rahul during my time in India in April. His story is transforming many lives. Lord willing, I'll be in his region in August, And many youth who are transformed by his story now are coming to the Lord, transformed by the gospel, wanting to come to the Leadership Institute to equip themselves to be an agent of hope in their own respective communities. Friends, it all started with Vivek, taking a risk of faith by focusing on Jesus, which helped him overcome his fears on reaching out to Rahul. The story of the Bible, friends, is that God uses ordinary people to accomplish extraordinary things. He is willing to turn things around today if you are willing to take a risk and put a step of faith. No matter how challenging the circumstances you are going through today. As the saying goes, a turtle cannot go anywhere unless it sticks its head out. Take a risk of faith today. Step out of the boat and walk on the challenge that you are faced with with confidence. He is with you in the storm of your life. Don't focus on the challenge. Set your eyes on the Savior. You will get to see how the Lord looks like in your challenging situation. He is allowing you to go through this challenge so that you can experience him as you have never experienced him before. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as you have spoken to our hearts, may you encourage our hearts to walk faithfully and confidently by faith to step out courageously and meet whatever challenges that we are faced with to see you at work. Help us not to give in to fear, but to focus on your Son, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.